You're listening to a message from Heritage Christian Fellowship in San Clemente, California. For more information, go to heritagesc.org. And for those of you who don't know, Ant, Ant has been with us now for, he's more than halfway through his stint with us. He, um, you know, one of the churches in 412 knew we needed some help in our worship. And so they sent Ant for three months and they're still paying him and we're just hosting him and feeding him really well and taking him to baseball games and he's having a great time here. But, um, you know, he's really a gift. He only has like about another month here, which is super sad. So um, he's a gift in so many ways, and we appreciate him. And it's kind of cool that, you know, this guy in Africa can come here and minister to us. And we're like, yeah, we get it. You know, we're, we're a family. We're brothers and sisters in the Lord. And it doesn't matter where we live. Fortunately, we speak the same language, except they have accents. We don't. Uh, but let me just pray for him this morning. Yeah. <laughs> Lord, thank you for Aunt. And Lord, even this morning when we were praying for him, he just felt the joy of the Lord. And Lord, as he preaches, let him feel that joy bubbling up within him and let it pour out and let us feel that joy of the Lord too. And just we open our hearts and our our minds and our spirits to what you have put on his heart today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey everybody, um, my joy dropped just a little bit when I realized I couldn't do my slides, <laughs> but it's, uh, it's okay. Hey, kind of, okay. Can you Guys, well, um, as you can see, <laughs> this is hilarious. Um, so uh, it's really great to be with you this morning. And uh, yay! Thank you, Lord, for hitting the laptop. Um, so how amazing is that testimony from Travis? I mean, just an awesome testimony. God is just so good. God is just amazing. And um, all the time. Amen. Amen, Craig, for sure. So I'm going to speak on worship this morning. I'm not going to speak too long. I'm going to time myself. In fact, I'm going to do it right now because we are going to aim to actually spend time in God's presence um, today. That's the focus. That's the goal is to be in God's presence. And we know He's here already, but just to, just to spend time soaking in the Lord's presence is, is, is the goal. But I have to start off with some scriptures. So Psalm 96, verse 4 to 6 says, For great is the Lord, and most worthy of praise. He is to be feared above all gods. For all the gods of the nations are idols, but the Lord made the heavens. Splendor and majesty are before Him. Strength and glory are in His sanctuary. That's the God that we worship. Amen. Another uh, psalm, Psalm 95, verses 1 to 6. Come, let us sing for joy to the Lord. Let us shout aloud to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before him with thanksgiving 
and extol him with music and song. For the Lord is the great God, the great King above all gods. In his hand are the depths of the earth, and the mountain peaks belong to him. The sea is his, for he made it, and his hands formed the dry land. Come, let us bow down in worship. Let's kneel before the Lord, our maker. Just, it's so great to read scripture because it just orientates us again on who our God is, how amazing he is, how powerful he is. And one more quick scripture to look at in Psalms. In 150, verses 1 to 2 and verse 6. Praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty heavens. Praise him for his acts of power. Praise him for his surpassing greatness. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. God is worthy of praise. There is only one name under heaven and, and on this earth that is worthy of praise, and that's the name of Jesus Christ. He is the one that's worth lifting up. He is the name above all names. Many people today are shouting about our celebrities' names or pop stars or movie stars' names, but actually there's only one name that's worthy of praise, and that's Jesus Christ. Um, I just, he's just so awesome. You know, the very fact worship is it comes from the English uh, derivative worship. So worship is about giving God worth. It's about extolling worth, worth to God. When we worship, we're actually saying, Lord, we want to give you worth. Uh, we want to declare your worth um, to you. Uh, who of you like C.S. Lewis? C.S. Lewis is amazing. Look at this, this uh, quote from C.S. Lewis. A man can no more diminish God's glory by refusing to worship him than a lunatic can put out the sun by scribbling the word darkness on the walls of his cell. <laughs> Crazy, hey? So you can try as much as you like to diminish the glory of God. You can never do that. God's glory stands firm for all eternity. God will never diminish. His glory will always be strong and powerful and mighty. And uh, we, can, we can refuse it if we want. But the truth is, God is always worthy of worship and praise. In fact, right now in heaven, there are heavenly creatures that are going around the throne room of God, seeing the glory of God. They have eyes all over their body. And over and over again, they, they sing, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. I think it's Revelations 4. And it says, day and night, they never stop cease saying it. You know, it's interesting that they have eyes all over their body. So what they're seeing all the time is the glory of God, the glory of God. And then they can't stop praising him, stop, can't stop praising him. Friends, this is a, a small, minuscule foretaste of what we're going to experience in heaven one day. When our eyes are truly open to the glory of God. And when we see him as he truly is, we are going to be joining those heavenly creatures saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. Oh, God is so good. God is so good. Um, you know, the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, they thought they worshiped God really, really well. You know, they were known to be the, 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 the children of God, the people of God. For centuries, they'd received the tabernacle. They'd received God's institutes. They had the Holy Scriptures. In fact, the Scriptures in Psalms that we just read, they knew those so well. Um, they considered themselves to be godly men who would worship God. But Jesus said something quite profound to them, actually, when he, when he came to them and he stood before them. And we're going to read it together um, in Matthew chapter 15, verses 7 to 9. And this is what Jesus actually said to them. He said, you hypocrites. Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you. These people honor me with their lips, 
but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. Their teachings are but rules taught by men. They must have gone, are you crazy? What do you mean in vain? Surely, can't you see the way that we, we speak about you? Can't you see the things that we do? Can't you see the, the acts that we've done in the tabernacle? Surely, surely you wouldn't say that. But Jesus said, your worship is in vain. It's in absolute vain. In vain means zero percent. Like, there's not one ounce of worship in what you're doing. There's no, there's no aspect of you that you in what you do that gives glory to me. So Jesus says an interesting thing in verse 8. He says, you honor me with your lips, but your hearts are far from me. You know, and friends, we could, we could honor God with our lips. We could sing the most up-to-date praise and worship songs. We could be um, at the beginning of worship and leave the, the last person at the sanctuary. All our deeds could be absolutely right in what they are. But it's, I believe, all in vain unless we're coming with the right heart. The heart is what God's looking for. The heart is what, he's, what he cares about. And that just sets someone like me completely free. Because you know what, guys? Um, I might not have the best voice in the world. I might not be able to um, you know, play the best instruments. None of us might be able to do those things. But if we come to worship with the right heart, we will be pleasing to God. He will receive our worship when we come with the right hearts. You know, I, I'm just so thankful to the Lord for that. You know, the heart is such a big thing. You know, why did Jesus point to that? Why did he say your heart? What is it about the heart that the Lord is looking at? And I want to say that the heart is really important because everything flows from here. Everything flows from within. What we believe in our hearts, we stand by. We are convicted by, we are motivated by. Proverbs 4.23 says, Above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. It's the wellspring. We've got to guard what we place in here. Proverbs 27.19, As water reflects a face, so a man's heart reflects the man. In other words, uh, your life will reflect what's inside. It's interesting. So, you know, what we have in here, what we have here affects how we live, how we see ourselves. Your belief system can be entirely, whether right or wrong, can be entirely dictated by what you believe about yourself inside. If you don't think you have worth and value, you will live that out. Um, I will live that out. And it's the same thing with worship. If we believe that God is glorious and beautiful and powerful and mighty and strong, we will begin to live it out. When we sing about him, if we believe him in our hearts, it will, it will have value and worth and we'll have faith when we sing praise and worship to God. Matthew chapter 6, 21. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So what we place value in is where our hearts will be. What we put um, intrinsic worth into is where our hearts will be. And so it's a, it's a great question is, you know, where do we place our hearts? As I speak to you today, you know, um, what are you placing value in? You will kind of know because the more you think about something, most likely that's where you're placing value in, you know. And God is a jealous God. And he says, love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and mind, and strength. God wants himself to be the most valuable thing in our hearts. You know, so I think about myself. For me, I, uh, 
I, I think I've got quite an addictive personality, to be honest with you. <laughs> I know myself. When I get onto something, I just want to do that thing really, really well. So, I mean, this might sound random, but a couple of months ago, I had to buy a washing machine. And I researched that thing backwards. One thing I love about Amazon with you guys is I would, I would do my research on Amazon because there's so many reviews of products on Amazon, right? You can get an idea of what a product is like by reading reviews. I wouldn't buy the washing machine on Amazon. I couldn't afford that, but I checked out the reviews. Um, and so I would do something over and I'd read. So when I bought that washing machine, I was convinced that I had the right washing machine. I knew exactly what I was going to do. I knew what the warranty was. I knew what the, dr- the holes in the drums looked like so that I didn't get bubbles on my clothes. I was absolutely convinced. And I'm telling you now, I think I could be a good salesman for, for washing <laughs> machines. But the, but the danger for me, friends, is, is that my mind can begin to focus <laughs> on something as silly as that, but on anything really. I, I, would, I would begin to think about washing machines in, in, in worship. It is like, when I get home, oh my word, what about that washing machine? It's like, hang on, Ant, where is your heart right now? What are you placing value in? And I said, oh my word, I'm so sorry. Another thing that I've had to be careful for me is I love sport. All the men said amen. Uh, and uh, I love the Premier League and a number of other sports. And often the Premier League, which is like England's uh, football, England's soccer, the key game is around about when my PM services in, in, in Oxygen Life. And so like the key and the big games will always be on a Sunday. And I would just go, oh, just a, quick, just a quick check on the score, you know. I would never do it during the preach. I mean, I'd never do that. But, you know, maybe just during announcements, I'll check it a little bit, you know. Um, and I just felt the Lord say to me, Ant, are you here for me? Or, or, are you, or aren't you? And I just felt the Lord say, my boy, I'm gonna t- I want you to put down your phone when you walk through that and don't pick it up until the meeting's over and you can check your scores later. I know it sounds like a small thing, friends, but you know what? For me, my heart was gravitating towards the soccer score. So crazy, hey? Um, And so my question is to you this morning. What do you place value in? Where is the treasure in your heart? What is the treasure in your heart? Um, you know, it's a big thing. It's a big thing that we have to ask ourselves. I want to say this, you know, what we place value in, we can begin to bow down towards. In fact, something can become an idol in our lives. Um, Think about when you worship an idol, not that we do that here in the Western world. I think we do, by the way. Uh, Our worship in, in the Western world is very different to worship in the Eastern. If you go to India, you'll see a lot of literally bowing down to physical idols. I think in the Western world, the idols are what's in our hearts. It's what we, what we give homage to, what we bow down to. And actually what we're doing is we're taking worship away from the creator of the universe and we're putting it to something else. That's what we're doing. And that's why Jesus said, your worship is in vain um, because your hearts are far from me. And so friends, it's always a recalibration for us is to unbend ourselves from what we're looking at and look up to God, look up to him. Lord, my worship is vertical must never be horizontal, must never be to a person, must never be to a thing, must never be to a possession. It must always be to Jesus. And that, I believe, friends, is what God is looking for. He's looking for our hearts. Um, sometimes for me, I found that, I don't know about you, but sometimes I come into a worship context like this, and I'm singing the songs, and it's great to sing the songs, and I love singing songs, but sometimes I feel like I'm not singing with faith, 
because I'm not really believing what I'm singing. And sometimes I've just got to go, whoa, 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 what am I doing? Lord, I come right here to you this morning and I give you my heart. There have been times often where I don't, I'm not singing the song anymore because it's not about the song, right? It's about this. And then I'll, I'll spend time with God. You know, sometimes we get frustrated. You know, you, I don't know, you're driving behind a, a bless them, an elderly person on the freeway. Um, and you think, I'm late for church, I'm late for church, you know, please. Um, and then come in with frustration. And it's like, oh, Lord, just I bring my heart to you. I bring my heart to you. May my heart be pleasant to you. May my heart be pleasing to you. So first thing I want to say about worship is, where is your heart? What do you place value in? And may it be Jesus, amen? All right, and then quickly moving on. Two more, as- well, two more aspects, really, of what worship is. Jesus said an interesting thing about worship. He said this in John chapter 4. He said, yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit, and his worshipers must worship in spirit and truth. So not only was he pointing to the heart, he's also teaching to a methodology, a way that we can worship. So he was speaking to a Samaritan woman at the time. He was basically speaking to her about where worship would be. She was pointing to a mountain. I think it was Mount Gerizim. And he was saying, no, no, no. It's no longer going to be in a place. It's going to be from within. It's going to be... So interesting thing, just to quickly, before I go ahead. The word worship in this context is the word proscunio. Do you know what the word proscunio means? It means to come forward to kiss. That's what it means. To come forward to kiss. Jesus wants intimacy. He wants us to come forward to him. You know, that's what worship is. That's what he's wanting. True worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. True worshipers will come forward to kiss, to come close to Jesus, to see his face. Lord, the only thing, the only reason why I'm here at a church this morning is because I want to be with you, is because I want to come close to you and Lord, and, and to kiss your feet, to come before you, you know. Um, and then to say as well that the kind of worshipers the Father seeks are those who worship in spirit and in truth. Now, why spirit? Because I believe our worship must be spirit-led. Well, you know worship is supernatural. It's actually so much less about what we see around us. It's not so much the, the words and the, and the music. All that plays a part, right? Of course it does but it's actually supernatural because God is spirit. So when we connect with God, we're coming and we're coming alongside Holy Spirit and we're saying, come Lord, Lord, I want to partner with you in worshiping and glorifying your name and exalting you and lifting you up. It's not about our emotions, friends. It's not about how we feel. It's not about whether we sang my favorite song on that Sunday, right? It's not about emotions, and sometimes I think the danger is when, in the Western world, we can get so fixated on, how, on the skill level and of the performance. And I say that carefully because I'm not knocking anybody. I'm not thinking about anybody here. But I've been in, I've been in context in South Africa where it's been brilliant. The skill has been top-notch. Um, it's been, honestly, brilliant performance. Um, but I didn't feel Holy Spirit. And I say that carefully, but you know, because God, God is there, because the word says if two more come together in his name, he's there. But his manifest presence 
where he has been honored, whether he's been welcomed and glorified. Sometimes I've been in a worship context with one guy with a honky-tonk guitar that's slightly out of tune, that sometimes struggles to hit a note, and God's presence comes like a cloud and saturates the place. And we are in awe of him because he is so beautiful and so good. You know, God opposes the proud. When it's about us, he goes, yeah, yeah I'm not so, yeah, I'm not, not really into that. But he gives grace to the humble. You know, and, and praise the Lord because it's, I'm in part of this team. But he uses the foolishness of this world to confound the wise. I'd rather be a fool for Jesus than be great in people's eyes, right? And so, so we must be in spirit, friends. We must be in spirit. Our worship must be spirit-led. Let the Holy Spirit lead you in a time of worship. You know, God might ask you to do something really crazy. I think sometimes there should be so much life in our meetings because we're literally following Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit could tell you to come right up the front and kneel on the front, on the, on the front step. And then it's like, oh my goodness, Lord, what will people think? But who cares? Because God wants your heart. And so when you come to the front and you kneel before the Lord, you're pleasing Him. It's about coming forward and kissing Him. And I want to encourage you, friends, and it's a challenge for me too, but it's to say no to the flesh and let the Spirit lead you. Maybe God will put a song on your heart and come to Peter or Mike who's leading the meeting. You feel you need to sing a song. I want to challenge you to, to risk, you know, um, in that. And then quickly to say, because I'm running out of time, is that we want to worship in truth. Friends, this is really important. What I think Jesus meant here is speaking about himself. So remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. He pointed to the Holy Spirit. He said he is the spirit of truth. And there's another scripture in Hebrews that talks about God being, it's impossible for God to lie. So we know that God is, he cannot lie. Everything about God is truth. Everything about God is truth. And when we worship God in spirit and truth, I believe it's worshiping Jesus for who he is. It's worshiping God for who he is. It's about exalting him. I might not feel an ounce of anything in a worship time, but if I have given Jesus glory by exalting him for who he is, then I have done my job in lifting up Jesus' name. Right? I think sometimes, friend, there's a danger where we can, we can think worship was a good time because I felt something. And then suddenly the eyes go off of him and onto what I felt. Now, God is so good, I must say. He's so good that he will bless us anyway <laughs> because that's who he is. He loves to bless. But, but the focus must not be for what I can get. It's about who he is and what he's about. And when we do that, we proscunio, we worship him in spirit and truth, and we exalt his name. All right, I'm, I'm going to move on quickly. Uh, worship is a lifestyle. We know this well. It's not just about a Sunday. It's every day of our lives. We should offer our bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. By the way, the word worship there is the Greek word latreu. Latreu means to serve. Literally means to serve. So we worship God every day with our bodies when we serve him, when we give of ourselves in our workplace, when we honor our bosses, when we honor our parents. Um, you know, whatever we do, 
we're serving, we're worshiping God, if we're doing it with a heart of, of service, of putting God first, what would God think about me in this situation now? And that's what I would want to do. And lastly, I'm wrapping up with this scripture because I absolutely love the scripture. You know, God is looking for hearts. And 2 Chronicles 16 verse 9. Uh, maybe the music team can come up, guys, wherever you're at. Uh, cool. Uh, yeah, you guys can just come up to the music team. And then we'll close with this. For the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. The eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. So God is looking over the earth right now. He's looking for hearts that are committed fully to him. So if you kind of took the planet and we, we moved forward, we did a bit of a, um, a Google Zoom onto North America. And then we did a Zoom into California. And then we did a Zoom into San Clemente. And then a Zoom into Heritage Church, to this very place. I believe, friends, according to this scripture, God's eyes are on our hearts right now. God is looking right now at our hearts, friends. That's what He's looking for. And I want to encourage you. I felt, as elders we felt this week, that God just wants to be worshipped. He wants to be lifted up. And my encouragement for all of us, including myself, is as we have a time of extended worship, is to come and bring our hearts to Jesus. Come bring our hearts to God. Bring your frustrations, friends, to God. You know, God knows we're frustrated. You know, He knows it. He, you know, he's God. He knows all things. Instead of pushing the frustration aside until after the worship, why don't you bring your frustration to God in the worship? Lord, here is my heart. I'm struggling, Jesus. I'm struggling, Lord, in this area in my life. Lord, I need your help. Oh, God, I come before you. I come before you, God, with my heart. I bring my heart to you, Lord. I don't want to stay in this place, Lord. I want to see you high and exalted, Lord, but I'm struggling here. You know I'm struggling, Lord. Lord, help me, Jesus, to, to I give this area to you in faith, in Jesus' name. And then, Lord, I want to lift it up and I want to exalt you, Lord. I want to give you glory. Friends, I believe when we do this, we attract the presence of God. God's presence comes because he's been honored. And may we worship in spirit and in truth. I want to encourage you, friends, um, do something different. Maybe God will ask you to do something different this morning. Maybe you never come to the front. Maybe that's something that you would never do. Maybe, I'm not do it, don't do it if God doesn't tell you, but if God does, get to the front because that act of faith will bless God. That act of faith will be worshiped to God and He will be blessed. And as we sing songs of truth and of the character and nature of Jesus, it reminds us of who we're not. You know, I'm not faithful many times. I'm not loving many times. I'm not kind many times. Oh, but God, you are. You are. And it's such a privilege to exalt you. All right, friends. That's me. Let's, uh, let's just pray together. And uh, let's go into a time where we can just exalt Jesus. Lord, we just do want to thank you that your eyes are looking into heritage right now. You're roaming the earth looking for hearts that are fully committed to you. That's what you're looking for. It's so pleasing to you, Lord. It's so pleasing to you, Jesus, when hearts are, are uh, fragrant offerings to you. And Lord, I want to pray 
for myself, Lord, that my heart right now would be pleasing to you. That, and when I struggle, Jesus, even with my lack of faith, that you would come and meet me in that space, Lord, so that I could give you something that is beautiful to you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for this time that we can just get lost um, in worship to you. May you be exalted and glorified, Jesus. We love you so much in your awesome name. Amen, friends. So there's an open invitation for you to come and connect with God in any way you want to. Uh, we're going to have it's this time of coming to the Lord and bringing ourselves to Him. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for listening. We hope you tune in next week. For more information, go to heritagesc.org.